Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of the Club Cool Podcast. This is your host, Barrett Dudley, and I just wanted to jump on here real quick to set up the interview and uh, and let you, know, let you guys know what's going on. Um, I had the opportunity to talk with the CEO and co-founder of Soul Savvy. His name is Dion Pralica. He goes by DP. Uh, he was a really cool guy. I, uh, I enjoyed getting the chance to speak to him. And uh, yeah, just wanted to acknowledge that Soul Savvy was an advertiser on Club Cool in Q4 of 2021. That is how I had access to DP and, and how we were able to get this interview set up. And so there is an element of this interview that like might sound or read a little bit uh, like advertorial. And, you know, there, there's really no, there's no getting away from that. Uh, I still thought that it was really interesting to talk to him. He had some great insights about sneaker culture in general and and where the game is. Um, so while I, I did talk to him about the Soul Savvy app, I wanted to get its origin story and kind of hear his, his thoughts and processes behind it. Uh, in the back half of the interview, we also had a chance to just kind of shoot the shit a little bit and talk about sneakers and, and, and talk about what's happening out there. So I, I think uh, I think it was great. I think it was enjoyable. Uh, I just did want to to jump on and acknowledge that uh, that they were a sponsor. And um, yeah, so check us out. You can support the podcast directly at patreon.com slash club cool. Follow us on Instagram at club cool pod. And without further ado, let's jump into that interview. Check it out, and we'll uh, we'll see you guys next week. Welcome back to another edition of the Club Cool Podcast. I am your host, Barrett Dudley. And today, I'm joined by a very special guest. I'm really excited to bring you know somebody new on the show. He's going to have a lot of good information for us today. I think you'll be really excited. I've got Dion Pralica. Everybody knows him as DP, though. He's the, he's the co-founder of the Soul Savvy app, which is kind of an app community hybrid that is delivering all sneakerheads an entire battery of tools and resources to make sneakers more accessible. I think we all know and have been frustrated over the last several years with with how difficult it is to get the shoes what we want. Uh, so today we're going to learn a little bit about DP's business, what makes the the soul savvy experience and community kind of unique and special and different. Uh, and then since we have the opportunity to, to talk to an expert, um, we'll take some time and, and ask him some questions about uh, kind of the sneaker game overall, what's happening, what to look for in 2022. DP, it's great to have you. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me on. I, I, I love the intro. <laughs> good, good. Um, all right. So let's just start with the story of Soul Savvy. I think most of my listeners should be pretty familiar with the product. I've talked about it before. We've had some ad reads on uh, over the course of, the, of, of, of Q4 2021. Um, but I'd love to hear kind of in your own words, just a little bit about how the story starts, you know, what, what's, what's the, what's the origin of it? How did, how did you come to kind of form this idea and and how did it get off the ground? Absolutely. Um, I've been a, a sneakerhead most of my adult life. My parents immigrated to Canada. So typical immigrant parents, they, they weren't spending money on sneakers. So <laughs> when I was old enough to afford 
to spend my own money on shoes is, is where my love started. And that was, um, you know, late, late 2000s after I graduated um, college. And, you know, from then I started my, my first company, Kickstills, um, really early blog social era around like, you know, when Twitter was new, Instagram was new, we were using it in a way that was simple, but innovative, which was like, here's a link to buy a sneaker. Right. And that right. was it. That was everything people had to do yeah. <laughs> as far as jumping through hoops to get shoes, um, obviously in the digital world. And, you know, I, I've been doing that for a decade now, you know, met a lot of great people, uh, businesses, brands, um, really grew my network. And then in 20, 2018, 20, sorry, 2017, I noticed there was a shift happening. Something was wrong. And, and I went down this dark rabbit hole and found out it was related to bots, right? And that was about the same time when, you know, tickets. Remember how hard it was to get tickets on Ticketmaster, like mid-2010s? It was just like you couldn't get anything. Everyone was reselling them. It was crazy. And then obviously there's a law that prevents all that stuff, yada, yada. Um, it inspired me to want to do something for, for the sneaker community and the culture that would help enable consumers to succeed versus try to, you know, take away from them and, and upcharge them to you know, pay resale for a product they want, um, that the brands are trying to sell to them directly. So we just wanted to help. And, and, uh, I am not a technical person. I cannot make an app myself. I just said, what can I do to start this company? And me and my co-founder sat down and said, let's just find other people who agree with us, who have the same mindset and align with that vision. And then we'll figure it out from there. And that was really the start. When I kind of, when I joined the, the soul savvy, app and in the community and logged in and mm -hmm. signed up and everything there are a lot there's a lot of verbiage and kind of you know uh communication about how much of a community it is yeah. and that's yep. like that that feels like a really kind of key feature for for the experience in the app overall because it's it's you know beyond it, it's still all kind of based in like the links right you know it's it's yeah. it's a little bit more um you know, we, we've upgraded from the, the Twitter links. It's now the, the monitors and the add to cart, right. the, the pre-cart links and that type of stuff. But beyond yeah. that, like, you know, I've, I've, I've been in there for a month now and there's this gigantic Slack group, essentially. Yeah. I, that, that, that's really like a key piece of this, right? Is, is the ability yeah. to not only get access to the sneakers, but also get access to all of these like-minded people, right? How, how, how did the, how'd you choose Slack? How, how, how did the idea for you know, community kind of come into this, this equation? Yeah, I'm a child of the internet discussion forums. Those were the the, the good old days when Nike I was a talk. teenager. Yeah, Nike talk is a great example, especially <laughs> in thinkers. But you know, I grew up as a graphic designer. So I spent a lot of time in forums, just talking to other people who were doing the same thing. And I was the nerdy, you know, kid who wanted to spend more time on Photoshop than he did doing anything else at school, right? So I could find people on the internet who, who reciprocated that back. And that's exactly what this is, right? As um, sneakerheads, people who are passionate about something, sometimes you don't have people to, to jam with to talk, to talk about the thing that you love because they don't get it, right? I have 500 pairs of shoes that might make you, that look <laughs> on your face. Yeah, that's the, that's, the, that's the exact look from someone who's not like, who's not a crazy sneakerhead. Yeah, I mean, I see, some, I see some gems behind you. So I'm, I'm yeah. looking forward to, to, to getting to those here in a, in a few minutes, but. Right. And, and yeah, my point is just, I think we as people are evolving and we want to feel a sense of belonging and feel like we're contributing to something and some social value and social media hasn't really done that in my opinion. Um, I think it's separated, <clears throat> separated us more than anything. And we just want to come together and 
again, that's the underlying foundation of what we're building is like, you love shoes. I love shoes. We're going to build stuff around that and around that shared experience. And, and that at the end of the day is the most important thing, because if you don't buy a shoe today, this month, you're still going to enjoy kicking it with other people who, you know, you're, you're building these friendships online. Yeah. I, I think that, you, you know, while, the, while the, the kind of the monitors, whether it's for New Balance or Jordan or, or Yeezy or Nike can, can be a little overwhelming if you're not like treating it almost like a job. But the, the channels within the Slack and and now they're kind of like commingled with each other where they're kind of combining community and technology. So there's a channel for me for for here, uh, you know, in Austin, and then I can choose a channel for my size. Those those I found right. really really cool because that's a way to kind of like uh, beat beat the resale market in a way without having to like be an internet or technology expert. So that, that that's been yeah. really really cool to see, and I think is one of the the dopest parts of of, of the whole thing. Yeah. And, and that's kind of like the whole, obviously that foundation for us is community and people, then how do you build uh, on top of that, right? Point of sale. What does the point of sale experience look like? And you, you know, you just mentioned more of the human interaction, which is like, hey, I'm a size nine and I live in Austin. Where's everyone else who's, who's in this with me and how do we, how do we connect together? And then there's the technological portion of, hey, here's a specific link that's delivered by our technology that, that hits you the second it's released and lets you buy product. And how do we build from there and customize it? That's all things we're doing. But at the end of the day, it's that's what sneaker culture has been about. It's just about, been about people. So I, I think it's safe to say that Soul Savvy is is decidedly against bots. They're, um, yeah. you know, they're, it's it's an exploitation of what's happening here. Uh, mm. Same kind of goes for, for, for our feelings about re, uh, large-scale resellers as well. Um, you know, beyond community and the, the, the pre-cart links, that type of thing, what are some tools that are, are kind of like, how, how are we leveling the playing field essentially? And is, yeah. is that even possible in, in 2022? It, it, it definitely is. Um, you know, the first start of that is, is strategy, right? You got to know where to invest your time and, and where to be purchasing these things. Um, there's a lot of, a lot of great websites, a lot of great stores that have bot protection, right? That's that's a, a key check mark in, in success is, is this is this retailer or this brand actively working on making sure you get product versus a bot? Um, after that, it's it's us giving you the tools um, that help you you match up with a bot or someone who's trying to resell, which is like speed. It comes down to speed, right? If you have to sit there and wait for someone to share a link with you manually, et cetera, et cetera, you're just going to be too slow. How do you get to payment? Um, you know, we're building, you know, drop alerts is a great example. You're looking for Jordan one patent bread. I was in a meeting um, talking with people, saw in the corner of my eye, it said Jordan one patent bread, shoe palace, <laughs> tapped into that thing, 1500 pairs restocked in the middle of the day. There's no way to, way to be prepared for that. Yeah. Um, unless obviously you, you, you've set yourself up for that, right? So it's really just building that technology that is, um, that can combat b- bots and keep you, in a, in that same playing field where you can be just as quick or quicker than them, which to some people they're going to listen to me talk and go, "You're lying! I don't believe you." <laughs> um, but really, really, what you're saying is you just you need to have your notifications going at e- even when you're even when you're uh, slammed in a meeting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, I'm a I'm I'm a I'm a new father. I'm eight months into it. My shopping habits have completely changed. I used to be the guy who was always um, online at 7 a.m. Pacific, 10 a.m. Eastern, right? <laughs> nice and early, like wouldn't miss a Friday, Thursday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday drop, no matter what. But now I have a baby, which I spend my mornings with. Um, my shopping habits are like what alert shows up on my phone for the things I've asked for. And 
can I buy it? Am I there to buy it? Right. I've kind of shifted. And and again, that's for us to do is like, we got to build different product verticals based off who you are. Again, are you in this meeting? Are you recording right now? And the alert's going to pop up that you're going to stop paying attention for like <laughs> five seconds to, to hit the buy button. Um, we got to build, we got to build in different places for different people and we're getting there. Right. But again, this all just started with like, Hey, we, we love shoes and how can we do this together? I, so is it, you mentioned that, that you're a new father. Congratulations, by the way. That's, that's really exciting. And I, I know that priorities like definitely change when you're a parent, but can you confirm yeah. for, for those of us with no kids that just because you have a kid does not mean you lose interest in, in no, sneaking? No. Like you still, you still have that desire to, to, to be yeah. on, on the Slack and like checking your notifications and, and engaging with all that? Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. It's just... <laughs> I'm not going to put the baby down <laughs> while feeding him to, you know, you got to take your, your lumps in those situations, but no, it hasn't changed anything. It's actually made me a better sneakerhead because um, it's taught me patience and uh, it's taught me not to fall for that FOMO, which I think is really big in sneakers. Yeah, it's yeah. like, Hey, you took that L you got to have it now. Here's the, here's just buy them for 500 bucks. It's fine. Just buy them. Just yeah. Buy I, feel, them. I feel like the, the perspective is, is probably what you gain the most that it's like, yeah, know, that, that's definitely not the most important thing uh, about yeah. your day. Yeah. And there's shoes dropping every single day of the year, just nonstop. There's plenty of stuff to buy. Yeah. Um, so, so going forward, 2022, what are some, some cool big projects that you guys have in the works? If you can, if you can clue us in on yeah. any of those. Uh, what's you yeah. know, just in general, kind of long-term, like, like what's, what's growth look like for soul savvy beyond just, you know, continually growing the community and adding new members. Yeah. So that is really, again, like I think people's needs and wants are going to shift as the industry evolves. Um, you know, in two years, our members might go, Hey, actually I want more Fortnite sneakers and, and meta metaverse hoodies <laughs> and we can do that for them. Right. If, if, if that's what they're asking for, cause again, as our customers, they're, they're telling us what they need and what they see value in. Um, Short term, you know, this year there's there's two things that we're doing. Um, one is our peer to peer marketplace. I I believe um, that system is pretty broken, um, and it's not designed to create a, a valuable experience for both sides, the buyer and the seller. It's usually kind of one sided. So, um, you know, we're launching a peer to peer marketplace for our members. We're calling it Collect, and the premise is really simple. You can do everything you need to do within this this marketplace as a loose term. You can buy sneakers. You can sell them. Um, you can trade them with other people and you can also showcase your collection. So, you know, even if I don't want to sell anything, I can upload everything I own just to show you like, Hey, here's my social profile and here's all the shoes I own. Um, and you know how we build on that will be super fun. And I'm excited because this is just a beta. And, uh, and I should say here, um, we're not charging any fees for that. Right. So we're not looking to collect any transaction fees. Um, we're just there to, you know, provide a safe space for people to execute on those things, buying, selling and trading. Um, with a layer of KYC. Are you familiar with what KYC is? I, I don't think so. Know your customer. So it's like um, you have to verify your identity to be able to participate in the marketplace, right? You and me should not do a sale for a sneaker if you haven't validated you you are who you say you are, right? It just like, it sure. lowers the amount of risk and fraud are, you know, by providing your ID and your credit card, kind of like Airbnb, right? Would you... Would you go stay in someone's apartment if Airbnb hadn't verified everything that they're saying they're doing? So, you know, why would we trade expensive sneakers and uh, between each other without that layer? Yeah, I, I and I, I just I appreciate the concept of that because I think you know eBay's been better about it. But if you're messing around on StockX or Goat and you you 
let's say yeah. you are going to splurge on on something at, at resale value, it's always so disappointing and disheartening to like see the price and then get to the end and have and just get walloped with like the twelve or thirteen percent processing fee and taxes yeah. and and like and all of that. And so that's I I, I love how y'all are kind of just kind of roping it in to the the, yeah. the price of admission uh, for the app yeah. and the community. And and it's it because because it's basically like if you've taken the time to join, verify your identity, you're paying your the monthly fee. It's like that's kind of your that that makes yeah. you feel a little bit safer about the experience in general, right? That that you you've got the the confirmation that that who you're dealing with who you're dealing with and doing business with is like you know has the same goals and 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 wants that you do. Yeah, and we're not we're just trying to simplify all this, right? Like if you are someone who enjoys sneakers, you know. We have something for you across that entire journey, right? You know, content community at the very beginning when you're just like reading and thinking about, you know, the shoes you want to buy at, at point of purchase through those links and the strategy and the guides and all raffles, all that fun stuff. And at the end of it, when you're like, you know what, I don't want this anymore or, or, Hey, I missed out. I do want to get this thing, right? Keeping that within our community is important because you as the consumer, you hold all the power, right? We're just, we just tend to give our power away to um, other people who, whose goal, again, businesses are businesses, there's no, sure. no shots there, but you know, their goal is to drive up um, their sales, their, their GMV, gross merchandise value, right? So they're thinking about it, how can I sell more of this? Where I'm thinking about is like, how can I make this experience more enjoyable for you? Because you're you're a part of this this club, this community, this membership, you know, um, it's not the Costco model, but it's like, hey, come on in, we'll take care of you. Yeah, yeah. So how long has, has Soul Savvy been around at this point? We are coming up on uh, three. We're at three and a half years now, I think. Okay. Yeah, it's um, it's been a, it's been a, it's been a really fun journey. Yeah, yeah. So still, I mean, in in, in the grand scheme of things, that's still uh, pretty new. Uh, but uh, yeah. but yeah, I mean, it's 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 it seems like it's really churning along and and is looking pretty polished for for being kind of in in its you know the the younger stages of uh of a company. Yeah. Yeah, we were we were fully bootstrapped up until less than a year ago. Um, so it's just been a lot of growing the team, the company, the product and building around people, but that's, that's the fun of it, right? We, you know, we answer to the community and what they want to see. So we just got to build for them. And that's, that's where collect came from. They're like, Hey, I just want to buy shit from other people right. without all the other headaches. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, so, and, and where are you based now? You said you, you grew up in Canada. Are you, are you stateside now? Or are you still in Canada? Nope. Still in Canada, Vancouver, BC. Um, you know, bunkered down with a house and a baby. So I, I, I ain't yeah. leaving anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I was actually, I, I should, I should mention here, but before we cut to a break that you, you're no, you're no stranger to podcasts. You, you host one yourself. Uh, yeah. it, it's the soul savvy podcast. You do some solo pods called tier zero kind of like, yeah. uh, shining light illuminate, uh, on, on a bunch of different aspects of this. Uh, you mentioned the Shopify bot protection. I was just, yeah. I just had that episode pulled up and was listening to it. Just very, really, really enlightening type of stuff. If you just are interested in like the, the kind of the nitty gritty behind all of this, like, yeah. you know, it, it was cool to, to kind of learn and, 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 you know, I, I work for, for a clothing company as well. So got some knowledge about Shopify and all that, but I love it. you know, the, the, the fact that like, it requires a company to basically fork over 25k a year to even get to yeah. the level of having the bot protection, right? So, yeah. um you can definitely learn a whole lot more by checking out the Soul Savvy and the Tier 0 podcast, uh probably wherever you're listening to uh to Club Cool. Um yeah. 
DP, we're going to take a quick break now, hear from a couple of today's sponsors, uh, and then we'll come back and, and, and get some takes from you on, on the sneaker game in general. Awesome. Today's podcast is brought to you by ZocDoc. Finding and booking a doctor who's right for you doesn't need to be a terrible experience. Look, I know there's always so many questions. Will they take your insurance? Will they understand your needs and listen to what you're actually saying? Will they be available when you can see them? With ZocDoc, the answer can be a refreshingly pain-free yes. I use ZocDoc. It's very easy to find exactly what you're looking for. You know you're going to get a quality doctor, and they just they, they make all of those things that I just mentioned easily, whether it's you know in-network, out-of-network, using your insurance, finding a time that actually works on your schedule, not having to wait eight weeks to book something that you feel is important now. Um, it's just, it's, it's really nice to have that emphasis on, on you instead of, uh, in somebody else's time and schedule. ZocDoc is a free app that shows you doctors who are patient reviewed that take your insurance and that are available when you need them. You can read up on local doctors. You can get verified patient reviews and see what other humans, real humans had to say about their visit so that when you walk into that doctor's office, you're set up to see someone in your network who gets you go to ZocDoc.com. Choose a time slot and whether you want to see the doctor in person or do a video visit, and just like that, you're booked. Find the doctor that is right for you and book an appointment that works for your schedule. Every month, millions of people are using ZocDoc, and I'm one of them. It's my go-to whenever I need to find and book a doctor. In this chaotic world of healthcare, which nobody understands, let's be honest, ZocDoc can be your trusted guide to find a quality doctor in a way that is surprisingly pain-free. With ZocDoc, you can get your docs in a row. Go to ZocDoc.com slash Club Cool and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then start your search for a top-rated doctor today. Many are even available within 24 hours. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash Club Cool. ZocDoc.com slash Club Cool. All right, DP, we're back. Um, and now I just want to kind of ask you some questions, get 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 your takes on uh, on what's happening with sneakers in general. Um, but first, let, let's start with this. I, I just you mentioned metaverse hoodies. Uh, you mentioned this yeah. this idea of kind of like uploading your collection, which sounds very digital and like you know is 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 kind of swaying over into that NFT territory almost. Consumers are just like it, it seem. It feels crazy right now with the way that we're treating all sorts of commodities and goods as like real asset classes. And, you know, I just like, mm. you've got traditional stuff like art or stocks. And then, you know, then you start getting over into to crypto and then there's memorabilia and trading cards and sneakers. And I just learned that the fitted, fitted hats, fitted ball caps are going nuts right now. Are, are you, you know about this? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Hat <laughs> club is uh, a favorite of the, of the links in the channels and soul savvy because hats are hard to get <laughs> yeah that's is are we just talking like is this just regular like new era caps i mean depends on the brands and if there's a you know I, i'm not a hat guy so okay. I, i'm All actually right. the worst person to talk about this but i do know it's a big request internally within the community so, um, so I, I, yeah i imagine that soul savvy is is very much staying on top of, of kind of like all of these burgeoning collectible yeah. you know forums and and classes of things basically yeah yeah and i think Again, as as collectors, um, you can obviously see behind me. I have cars and, and um, bare bricks and basketballs. I'm inherently curious to collect other things. So we've seen that just 
organically in the community. I think what's interesting with the kind of the shift that we're seeing in consumers, it's not even consumers, it's other people who are seeing these things as an asset class, right? I think it's a, it's a dangerous territory because um, it's not driven by the passion or the interest for that item. It's driven from a monetary value. And at some point, when that changes, who are you, who are you selling to who's driving it? Right. And, and I think that's, that's really tough. And especially in sneakers, um, we see the conversational conversation all the time. People go, this shit ain't for me anymore. I like who the, the sneakers isn't about me wanting to wear them. And I think that's going to turn a lot of people off and just a, a variety of different verticals. And we've seen that, uh, even with PS fives, like, right. Yeah. It's been two years of just being tough to get. And that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. A, a casual gamer like myself, like I really, I mean, you know, I it, I wouldn't really know where to start on even acquiring one, but I'm I'm certainly aware of like how difficult it is to even procure yeah. something like that. But you know, in your opinion, are, some of these things, do you think they'll fall off? Like, is some of this going to go the way of the Beanie Baby, or are we just in like a completely yeah. different era where like where this is just here to stay? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Um, I think it's a mix of both, right? We're going to see stuff that's just being pumped up because of excitement and hype and, and FOMO and, and it will die off and we're going to see things survive and have a, a lasting legacy. And I think sneakers is one of those that we've, we've proven like, Hey, this has been going on for a long time. Um, now, could it cool off a little bit? You know, everyone talks about sneakers and the resale industry is going to be $30 billion and people are going to pay resale for the rest of their lives. <laughs> um, I don't know about you, but there's like, only so many times I want to get like smacked upside the head before I like just don't want to do something anymore. Yeah. And I think with un- with the older generation of sneakerheads, I think they're getting to that frustration point. Um, but again, it's like, what is the what is the 14-year-old look at sneakers like and appreciate it in the next decade? I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not living in that generation. Um, you know, the counter is NFTs, which is just like bonkers insane right now. Um, if you told me they're around in 30 years, I'd believe you. If you told me it died down in three months, I'd believe you. Right. Yeah. It's just like, it's, there's so much, so much to figure out there. Yeah. I mean, over the last 20 years, like, like, you know, there was kind of the, what would you say, the heyday of, of kind of old Nike collecting and the, the original SB run and all was kind of early to mid two thousands. Then it kind of died, died down a little bit, started picking up steam in 2000 teens. And then, um, as you guys kind of mentioned in the, uh, the, the soul savvy state of sneakers volume one, which you guys just released, I think yeah. I, it's largely agreed upon that like the off-white Nike, the 10 was kind of the turning point for all of this. And I'm, and, a lot, yeah. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm, I'm with you. I mean, it's, it's like, I'm, I'm not sure I could see myself having the same level of enthusiasm that I do now for a whole lot longer, you know, more than, than five, 10 years. But, but I don't know, there, it, there seems to be ways and things that continue to revitalize this. And then, as you said, it's like now with, with how big of a business this has become, there's, there are always new customers as well. It's no longer like a counterculture or kind of a niche thing that, that a select group of people do. It's like very much, you know, I think every 13 year old knows what a Yeezy is and knows what a Jordan is and, and, and has knowledge of it. So it's, it's, I really, it's very hard for me to say that the sneaker bubble will ever pop. And I, and, you know, I don't know. Yeah. And that's, that, that just kind of seems where we are. Uh, but, um, but it certainly will be interesting. Um, so, uh, to talk about your sneaker collection, you know, uh-huh. you're 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 like we said a few minutes ago. You're a father. You still have a lot of interest. You have f- over 500 sneakers. I was a yep. little. I was I was curious, and and you've kind of already answered this. But like, I'm always 
you watch a designer runway show and inevitably the de- designer comes out to take a bow and is wearing nothing that you just saw on the on the runway. And I, I've talked to to some other, you know, kind of like resellers or former collectors that are now just like wearing nothing but chucks and Adidas gazelles, basically. <laughs> do, do, do you find yourself like, it, it seems like you still find yourself collecting grails and, and oh, yeah. yeah, no, I'm, I'm living in and breathing it. Um, yeah, you're, you're no, living what you preach basically. A hundred, hundred percent. Um, I, I love, I love footwear. I love sneakers. I love the storytelling. I love what it means. You know, the, the, the shoes that have a, a story and a purpose behind them are my favorite ones. Like, you know, the watch the throne LeBron nines, um, one of my favorite albums of, of, of all time. And, you know, on a day where I feel like making a statement about something or I'm feeling like listening to hip hop or rap, like that might be a shoe I put on and, and pull from my collection. That's how I get to having 500 pairs of shoes. Um, it's less about like, hey, let me just have 500. And it's like, hey, like, how do I curate my collection so that every shoe has some purpose or a memory or, or mean something to me. Um, so I'm, yeah, I'm in, I'm in deep to the maybe sometimes disapproval of my wife. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was going to ask you like, what, what are some grails you don't have? But I see, I see Nike Air Yeezys. I see Mars Yards up there. I see Chicago's. I mean, like what are the, are those Dior Lowe's? Like it, it you seem to have all the big ones. <laughs> yeah, this is a, this is a decade of of collecting and, and filling the gaps and um i you know someone asked me that question is there something I, I a grail i would chase right now and be missing it would probably be a pair of like oregon jordans of some kind yeah um i would love to own a, a, a p exclusive but i'm not very interested in laying down four racks uh, on that shoe so um but other than that i think I, I'm, I'm really happy with my collection at this point it's just adding stuff that um you know brings me some brings me joy Who, who's got the better collection you or pj tucker ah oh, man come on that's obviously pj but like, <laughs> <laughs> one of us one of us is multi-million dollar uh contracts and the other one of us uh, i don't know man I, I'm, I'm loving what i'm seeing up there so so i yeah. it, it might be hard to say um okay let's talk kind of about the the, the game in general um I, I mentioned that state of sneakers volume one that you guys just put out mm-hmm. Very cool report where you interviewed what was it thirty five hundred or so yep. sneakerheads, and there were just some eye opening numbers in there that I think kind of speak to to what's happening right now. About twenty five percent of the people that you surveyed have seventy five or more pairs of shoes, and yep. then well over half had twenty five plus, basically, yep. which is just I mean that, that's a that's a lot of sneakers for for any one person to own, and I'm I'm sure that I'm in the twenty five plus group as well, but like. Is the is the sheer number of these things that we collect, is that why kind of like every time, you know, a general release Nike dunk comes out, it still holds resale value and you still can't get it? Or I mean, what what's happening there? How you mentioned that a, a, a new sneaker is dropping every single day. How how do so many of these things continue to have such incredible resale value, basically? Yeah, uh, it's <sighs> the culture is growing exponentially as far as like people who are interested in the shoes. And I think at the same time, you know, people forget these brands are, they are buying, sorry, not buying, they are producing and projecting future quantities months in advance, you know, a year and a half in advance. So, you know, the growth that the space has seen, they haven't really caught up to yet. And sometimes it's strategic, right? Um, with Dunk specifically, they've purposely been trickling them out versus flooding the market because they want you to want them. There's yep. some gamification happening to that. So 
Um, every release is a little bit different. I would say right now the brands more than ever are really good at what they do as far as, um, you know, maintaining the demand. And sometimes they make mistakes and sometimes they don't, but um, it's an evolving process. Is Nike themselves uh, putting a ton of emphasis on on resale, basically? I mean, do they, do they need a certain percentage of sneakers that release to, to, to fetch, yeah. you know, certain dollar amounts. You know, I can't speak for them. I think some people would say Nike really likes it when stock resells. I would argue the the opposite of that. I think they, um, there's certain shoes like, uh, an off white or a Travis Scott Jordan that they understand it'll be $2,000 and they're okay with that. But then there's also Air Max ones in certain shoes that they make a lot of their to ensure everyone gets it and they don't care about the resale dollar value. It's a really, tricky place to be and um honestly could require a whole podcast to dive into but yeah. <laughs> um i'm gonna go with like a blanket statement of like no but they're cautious and aware of it they, they nike and specifically uh seem to have made some acknowledgement in 2021 that they they kind of knew that like the perceived fairness of the sneakers app was was totally shot um and, and that they were at least aware of like in general, the, the, the kind of the, the way that consumers were being turned off by the whole process. Yeah. Any, uh, any predictions? Like, do you think that they would ever change their playbook at all over the next couple of years? Or, or is, you know, is, is that method, is the sneakers app here to sit here to stay? I, I would love to see them try to, you know, they're, they've got entire squads of engineers. You think that they could figure out their own type of bot protection if Union and Amal Manier can, like certainly mm-hmm. Nike can, right? Yeah, there's challenge. Everyone has different challenges. And I think Nike's biggest challenge is everyone's coming to them on this one app and every customer believes they're deserving of that pair. And how do you manage that, right? How do you yeah. use data and, and retention and customer insights to decide, hey, you, this person, get to win this lottery and keep that as fair as possible? I think we're in such a new era as far as like, digital and analytics nike's bought um i believe two or three companies in that space just to try to better understand customers Hmm. and um i don't think they have the answers right now they have to figure it out they have to innovate Uh, i will give kudos to um, a company like nba top shot you know in the nft space around you know basketball trading cards essentially but video clips on on um, blockchain nfts etc they've developed a, a pretty fair system, right? It, you know what your score is as a consumer, as a collector, you know what you have access to based off your purchase history that, that, you know, they're very clear how much we're releasing and what your odds are. And I think that's something that the space can do better is if we provide consumers more transparency and say, Hey, there's only a thousand pairs yeah. <laughs> and a hundred thousand people are trying just a heads up. You're probably not going to get it. That sets the expectation up it's just so much easier to take that, that, that L and not get the pair versus like having your hopes very high and not having a clue what's going on. Yeah. That that's, I, I, I've actually never thought about that, but that's a really good point. Even if, you know, individual sneakers on, uh, on the sneakers app or on the confirmed app or or wherever it might be, like, you know, if if there was some indication of just how small your chances were that, that would, because we all know that when we buy a Powerball ticket, we stand zero exactly. shot, you know, but it's like, exactly. it's, it, every but you time you play the game anyways, <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. But, it, but yeah. every time you log on to, to one of these apps or try to get in through a foot site or whatever, it's like, you, you do feel that kind of almost sense of entitlement where you, like you said, if yeah. you put it, put it really well that you kind of deserve access to yeah. this sneaker. In a I'm, way. 
I'm a good Nike customer. I deserve this product because right. I don't have any other pairs, which is a totally fair feeling to have. And just imagine from a you know user experience perspective, if you open the sneakers app and you see that new Jordan and it says 15,000 pairs and you, you enter the, the raffle for 10 minutes. And as you're sitting there watching, the amount of people entering just goes up and you go, oh, shit, this is going to be harder than I expected, right? Yeah. And that's why I, mean, I liken to NBA Top Shot is, you know, they had a really limited drop a week ago. Uh, I qualified as a collector who, who could purchase it. I entered the queue. I knew my odds were 30%. I struck out and I went, all right, what, what more can I ask for um, other than entitlement and feeling like I deserve it? But right, right. You know, that, that helped me with the situation versus like going in blind and, and not, not knowing, right? Yeah, so I, 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 think I think that's a fix that, uh, an easy one as well that could help a lot of people out. Transparency would would definitely be nice for sure. Um, okay, let's uh, let's pivot here. I, I know you did you d- you did a podcast uh, on the Soul Savvy feed about 2022 predictions, yep. but I was hoping you could maybe give give us a couple or or just kind of talk through some things that are happening in the sneaker market. What might what we might look out for in 2022? Um, you know, I know Jerry Lorenzo over at Adidas Basketball could be big. New Balance seems to be eating up market share at a at an incredible rate. What what are some what are some thoughts there? Yeah, I think um, I tweeted this the other day. There's no better time than right now to be in sneakers. Um, there's a lot of different options. There's brands competing. There's innovation. There's just cool stuff happening across the spectrum, and you you just need to pick. You know what are you interested in, but also being open minded to other things. Right? Um, there's going to be situations where again. Nike's going to purposely only make 10,000 pairs and your odds are going to be poor. You have to understand that situation. I think the biggest thing that's going to come out of 2022, and, I, and, I, and I've said, I said this in the podcast, I think it's really the year of the, the creator, the independent brand. Um, people want to, again, feel a purpose, a sense of belonging. I would love to support the next up and coming, you know, Jerry Lorenzo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, buy that sneaker early. Cause I'm like, damn, I love the vision and the design of that versus wait for Nike to, to, to do it. Right. Yeah. So, and I think some of those frustrations of getting product from the big brands is going to trickle down into like, Hey, who's just making cool shit. Cause I just want to support again, that independent brand or that, um, that creator. Right. And, um, I think it's, it's a fun time to do that. And we're seeing some of that pop up and it's, it's exciting. Are, are there any small creators that you like in that space specifically? Um, I mean, I'll, I'll give a shout out to, to Mosh. Um, you know, he, he was, um, you know, a, a customizer, you know, still is, but mm-hmm. has a, has a footwear brand. He has a line of sneakers. He releases, I don't know, a couple hundred pairs, does fun colorways and collabs and his audience gets to buy a piece of his story. That's just, that's awesome. Right. Um, you know, again, to the, to the NFT space, because it's kind of like a new crowdfunding we're seeing, brands like uh, our companies, I should say, they're not fully fleshed brands, but, um, you know, Flowers for Society is, is a company out of Europe that's creating a sneaker. Um, I bought it for 200 euro because I'm like, I just want to support this independent brand and see what's good. Right. Um, we have, uh, you know, Cult and Rain. Um, they're making a high-end fashion shoe. I don't know what it's going to cost. I'm kind of just tracking it. Uh, I think it's just an interesting time across all sorts of, um, you know, consumer verticals, whether it's sneakers or or clothing or, or collectibles of any kind. It's just innovation is ripe. And I, and I love to see that that's only good for us. Yeah. I, I, I like the, uh, I, I like those thoughts about putting more kind of energy towards the people that are not associated with the giant conglomerates, but, but mm. listening to you also makes me think of a guy like Salehi Benberry that is, uh, seems to almost be like freelancing across 
yeah. any brand that 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 will have him. Yeah. Um, so you know he's got the Canada Goose collection. And he's done Crocs and he's done, uh, you know, the uh, New Balance. Um, and and I could absolutely see if he wanted to strike out on his own and make a. I, I feel like he, you know, he he's he's done the work. If he wanted to yeah. do his, a solo sneaker that was not brand associated, it would probably be really successful. And, and that's and yeah, hundred percent. And he's followed kind of that traditional model of I'm the creator, I'm the influencer, I'm the brand. I'm going to work with a bigger brand to amplify my image and yep. and, and get that cosign. We're, I think we're shifting to that point of I don't need you. I have the people, and let me yeah. create for them, and they will inherently support you. Now, there's benefits to all that stuff. Um, to working with the big brands, but sure. that balance. I mean, if he wanted to create his own sneaker, I'm. I'm sure he he wouldn't have any challenges selling that out. Depending on you know inventory, you got to be thoughtful about how many you make, like anything. Sure, sure. yep. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a really it's a really exciting time. The brands are going to do what they do. They're going to retro sneakers. They're going to do collabs. They're going to do interesting stuff. But I'm just really curious, like you know, you know, rest in rest in peace to, to Virgil. But who's the next Virgil Abloh? Right. Like, who's that person going to be? And is Nike going to find them, or are they going to put themselves on the map? Because they said, you know what, um, screw it, I I can do this on my own. Let's let let the people support me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it there's been a lot uh, going on, obviously with uh, with COVID and and delays, and and yeah. there's there do seem to be, have been fewer uh, releases in general, maybe o- over the last few months. Uh, with all these with, with all this disruption, like is there is there anything that uh, that we should be on the lookout for as far as like, can we, can we take this, can we use this to our advantage or, you know, do you, are we going to see just like a flood of releases in the back half of the year or, or what's kind of going on with, with all of the shipping yeah. delays and all that type of stuff? Yeah. I mean, it's frustrating because it's fragmenting the release experience, right? It's not as simple as like, Hey, it's all going to drop on Saturday and we're done. It's like, it's going to drop for like three months and and that's, you know, challenging, but that's why, you know, we're building some of that technology to help people keep up with it in a, in a simple way. Um, you know, there's, there's some good things that are coming out of that. And I just mentioned this to members last night, which is stores have a lot of inventory now from older stuff along with new stuff and they have bills to pay. <laughs> and I'm seeing some crazy discounts right now, like buy one, get one free 40 extra 40% off sale items like stores are want to move inventory. Cause again, they one don't have the space to have right. bills to pay. So it's creating good opportunities for us to save some money. Um, at the same time, the, the counter to that is if stuff's late, resale prices are inflated, which is why I literally for now seven months, eight months going on straight, I've been telling people do not pay resale. Everything's way more than it needs to be. Just be patient. There's again, there's always something releasing. So, but you know, FOMO is a hard thing to to, yeah. to punch in the face sometimes. <laughs> yeah, that 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 is one. You know, just to, just to go back to the community aspect of it, it's like you, I'm I'm a member of a, of a Discord for a, for a couple of very you know brands, and it's yeah. like it's it's a it's a great thing for business because once you start talking to everybody, that you just feed off of the excitement, and it's definitely an easy way to want to buy even more than we already do. So. <laughs> Yeah. And I'm preaching the opposite. I'm like, yo, just remember, like, there's other people you can give your money to next week, next yeah, month. Yeah. Um, hold it, hold it for stuff you really care about because I, again, it's really easy to just fall in the trap of, let me buy this thing to fill some sort of hole that's been created, whatever reason that is. Yeah. But what happens is like two months passes by and you look at it and go, 
wish I had that 200 bucks, <laughs> right? It, 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 you know, you gotta, you gotta just be patient. And well, that's I mean, what you, I, I'm sure you can, you, you can tell us like, there's only so many sneakers you can wear in a, in a given year. So you, yeah, you, you I mean, definitely I'm, like be, be, you know, you've got yeah. some that you're collecting or, or icing or, or whatever, but as far as like personals and, and what you're putting, putting on the toe that there, there's a, you, you just can't get you just can't get a ton of wear out of 75 yeah. sneakers. So, I mean, uh, I, I mean, talk, try 500. I have sneakers on right now. Um, these are my office shoes that I just wear that never go outside, but I like, I like having them when I stand up. <laughs> what, what, what are those? I'm wearing some, uh, new balance concepts. Um, Oh dang. Like okay. I, I like that colorway. I love these. They're comfortable. They're easy to throw on my feet and, yeah. um, they have not seen outside in months. <laughs> These are just my office shoes. I got a couple down here. So it's a it's a sneaker, but it's also a house shoe for you. I mean, it's still a shoe. Yeah. <laughs> Where I wear it is is you know doesn't matter as much. Absolutely. Uh, well, DP man, thank you so much for being here and giving us your time, uh, talking with us and the, the the Club Cool fam and the listeners out there. Uh, I mentioned the Soul Savvy and the Tier Zero podcast, which you can definitely listen to wherever you're listening to Club Cool. Um, DP, where can we follow you on on Twitter or Instagram or any socials like that? Yeah, I am uh, I'm at DP16, I think literally everywhere. Um, Soul Savvy, uh, at Soul Savvy, S-O-L-E-S-A-V-Y, one V, not two, purposely misspelled. We can uh, answer that. We can answer the why of that in another podcast. But um, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're doing some great things for the space. We're trying to give back to, to the culture and to the people as much as we can. And yeah. Um, you know, it starts with community and, and just being a part of something that you love. And, um, that that's important in the day. That's what happiness is. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and, and like I said, repeatedly, the, the community for me is, is definitely kind of the coolest thing that, that, that I've experienced so far with soul savvy. So go check it out. I'm pretty sure our promo is still running soulsavvy.com slash club cool. If you're interested in joining me, joining DP and, and getting yourself on there and, um, you know, having some fun with like-minded individuals and, and attempting to, yep. uh, to cop some of these sneakers. DP, once again, thank you for your time. We appreciate it. And we'll be looking for, uh, we'll be looking for everything coming, coming, uh, from soul savvy in 2022. Awesome, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on and just talking through everything. <laughs>